Welcome to Near-Death Experience Podcast, the official source of audio accounts for the Near-Death Experience Research Foundation. I'm Chaz Hathaway, author of Life in the Spirit World, What Near-Death Experiences May Teach About Life on the Other Side, and links to both enderf.org and the book can be found on neardeathexperiencepodcast.org. Today we're going to share the experience of Chrissy, who says, I was taken to the hospital due to complications with my pregnancy. I was in labor, but three months early. They decided to perform a cesarean. This is where they discovered placental previa and then performed a hysterectomy. My body was not responding to stemming the blood flow and further complications occurred. My family was thousands of miles away and were warned it that I would not make it through the night. Sixty-five pints of blood were transfused, but still I would not stop bleeding. I was in the intensive care unit on a life support system, with staff manually pumping the blood into me, as the machines at the time were not keeping pace with the loss of blood. Five operations were performed over the time. This occurred over five days from Monday the 3rd of June to Friday the 7th of June, 1991. What I distinctly remember to this very day is firstly a flashing of beautiful scenes, fields, oceans, dolphins, horses, and everything racing. Then suddenly I left this earth as such, entering into a tunnel spiraling upward, not vertically upward, at a lean of 30 degrees, say, there was this sense of intense light at the end, and then when I exited into the light, there was this enormous, overwhelming sense of peace, love, warmth, security. I was at home at last. The light was intensely white, but it was not harming my vision. But there again, there was not really anything to see, so to speak, but rather more a sense of feeling. I could sense the entities, their welcoming, the pleasure, the peace, the happiness, and utmost relief to be back. But then there was this voice, clear, kind, deliberate, never to be questioned, omnipotent. It simply said these very words. You must go back. You have more lessons to teach. I remember what seemed a nanosecond of disappointment, but more so acknowledgement of my duty to, per- to fulfill part of the plan. It was certainly not a reward. Then I wo- awoke. I was confused. I was complacent and tried to tell one and all what had happened. I thought it was strange that I was sent back, not for the sake of family, etc. It was a definite purpose, and I knew the teaching was not grade school, but something different. And that is how my life has been since. Something different. That's the end of the experience. And I love this. You know, I first off, I should say it's a little bit hard to get through that first paragraph because... Um, the medical stuff, man, people go through a lot 
when they when they die i mean it makes sense but uh, but that's that's rough but it's totally overshadowed all that pain all that suffering is always totally overshadowed by what comes next that being death the, the light the tunnel the joy and so forth and it's interesting because she says what i distinctly remember to this very day is firstly a flashing of beautiful scenes fields oceans dolphins horses and everything racing and i'm not sure whether this is a life review or if it's some kind of earth review maybe some kind of you know memory of all the beautiful things that make life worth living, so to speak, you know? I mean, if you think of flash scenes of trees blowing in the breeze and, and ocean waves and, and children laughing and, you know, all those kinds of just stereotypical, beautiful scenes that make life worth living, it sounds like she's kind of seeing that, but it's not clear if these are actual scenes or whether she is maybe you know, flying around the earth and seeing these things on the earth, or if maybe she's seeing scenes from the spirit world. Regardless, all of these kinds of scenes seem to be the kinds of things that you would find in a near-death experience and, and, and in the spirit world. I do want to share one more shorter near-death experience, um, just because it, it's tiny, but it's beautiful too. This is Nina from endearth.org. She says, I saw a bright light through a tunnel. I went to the light. As I was going to the light, I saw tiny lights all around me. I remember feeling at peace and the feeling of floating. I think someone said something to me and I said, I told Fess I would be fine. Fess is my son at the time. He was seven years old. I could not lie to him. The feeling of being pulled back into my shell with the feelings of heaviness, like I was weighted down, then I woke up in the intensive care unit fighting for air. Now this is just a, a simple and yet beautiful experience, but I wanted to point out, because she talks about, I saw tiny lights all around me. Now light in the spirit world seems to take on many forms, and they're so interesting because, and I'm not sure which exactly this is, but it's com it seems to be common that people in the void um, will see a light, you know, up ahead that is coming toward them, but they will often see other lights, and it's not clear whether these are like individual stars, whether they are spirits that are also dying and headed toward the light, or what they are, but many people will see either in the tunnel or in the light, whatever, not only will they see this bursting, beaming light that is brighter than a million suns, but they will also see around it sparkles, almost like glitter. If you were to be in glowing light and then just throw glitter in the room so that, you know, reflective glitter that would, uh, that would reflect these little bits of light, it sounds like there's that. And I don't know if she's seeing stars in the distance, or spirits, or whatever, or whether she's seeing this glitter, um, but it seems very common. What is that? No idea. I have no idea. But it's really cool, and it's interesting. I've noticed that with every near-death experience, however small the details, seems to 
almost always have something unique about it. And uh, be it the uh, order of the events or the, uh, you know, just little things like this, the, you know, tiny lights. I mean, there are other experiences that describe small lights, tiny lights, glittering lights, whatever. But just having each of these experiences in whatever detail they give provides data points. And each of those data points provides us with a sort of dot-to-dot -dot picture of the spirit world and what it's like. And how much of this is the experiences or how much of these experiences is the transitional, you know, um, tunnel into the spirit world, the, you know, the void and so forth, how much of that is just something to transition you into your final destination of the spirit world and how much of it is, I mean, the spirit world in its entirety. I, I don't know. I don't know. We, there's, it seems that there are multiple kinds of experiences in the spirit world. There are the earth-like experiences of landscapes and cities and so forth, all of which tend to feel to people very familiar and and still very loving and, and joyous. But then there's the experiences of being in the light, the transcendental experiences that sometimes people will even describe as not even being visual at all. But there, But this light is somehow emotional and then others will describe it was so intensely physical that it's beyond the physical f sensations of this life the the spirit world is dynamic it's not just one thing and it seems that uh, with all the joy and love that seems to pervade everywhere there are different realms different dimensions different aspects different focuses different uh, levels of, of uh, you know, spiritual uh, embeddedness into the experience. You know, some will have the experience of seeing and being and experiencing being the entire universe, while others will experience being an atom or a molecule, and, and you know, others experience being a flower and so forth, and then others experience just simply being themselves, utterly, completely, uh, you know, minus all of the physical maladies and, and mental and, and emotional maladies of this life. You know, somebody with a, an intense anxiety disorder, for example, finds themselves there, but free of it. They're still themselves. They're absolutely their own identity in every way. And yet, without the, the forces that uh, the mortality brings on that are false, you know, I think what those faults are, are filters. They're, you know, we've got our spirit within in us, which is the real self, which is everything we love about ourselves. And yet, we have all these filters of, you know, of physicality, of, of the inability to, to uh, fly, the inability to think on a really intense level, the inability to, um, you know, understand and read thoughts, the inability to focus, the inability to, all these things, it's like there's walls up so that there's only light peeking through, in you know, from our true personality. And yet, you know, some people worry that, am I going to be somebody else on the other side? 
And the answer is absolutely not. You're going to be more yourself than you are now. Which, you know, that thought of being more yourself than you are now might scare some people. They might say, but I like exactly how I am and I don't want to change one bit. Well, do you still want to have that sore toe? Because that sore toe is having an effect on your emotions and therefore your actions. But just wipe out the the uh, you know soreness of your toe and you're a little bit more yourself in a lot of ways. And yet, there is something to be said about you know, knowing really how much you can endure, you know, by going through the most intense pain and, and so forth, you know, putting yourself to the test, you know, all of that. Yes, true, that that is all part of who you are. And yet, you can't fully be free within yourself until you are free of the pains and suffering and, and so forth. So it's like this life is that brief time of sore toe so we can know how we react to suffering and pain and when we go back we will have learned and grown and will still be that same self that we were all along just without all those difficult mortal filters so anyway if you would like to support the podcast you can do so by either purchasing the book life in the spirit world or by going to patreon.com slash ndecast and becoming an ongoing monthly contributor. You can contact the podcast either to share a comment, ask a question, or to share your own near-death experience by emailing podcast at gmail.com or by calling 970-NDECAST. And once again, thank you all of you so much for listening. Thank you.